Let us pray. Lord, we're thinking today about uh, John the Baptist, and he brought a vivid message, and uh, people pinned back their ears and had to hear it. We pray, please, that you will open our hearts and minds and ears and spiritual ears to hear what you are saying to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody got used to seeing this logo lately? Yeah. Uh, we're probably heartily, heartily sick of the election by now. Now, John the Baptist would never have made it as a politician. God gave him a vitally important role, uh, but he'd never have got elected. There were no silky words or phrases from him, no great promises that seemed attractive on the surface, and underneath I said, vote for me. Uh, none of that. Instead, to paraphrase John, he says to the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders of his day, he says, you're a bunch of snakes. Don't think you're any better than anybody else. And then he says, you'll get yours. You'll get what's coming to you. So let's uh, unpack this together. I'd like you to turn to page 1115 in the Bibles on, your, on or near your chairs. And we'll unpack together how Matthew describes the ministry of John the Baptist. John the Baptist came onto the scene just before his cousin Jesus. Of course, he was a son of Elizabeth and Zechariah, as, as Luke tells us. And he was born just a few months before Jesus. And all through his life, I guess he was just a tad ahead of Jesus. Just before Jesus' ministry, John the Baptist's ministry was baptizing people in the Jordan and preaching repentance. Calling people to repent and be baptized and so on. Today the third Sunday in Advent, the candle that uh, Nathan lit for us this morning over there, then that candle represents John. So we'll consider why this is, why he's so important as a forerunner of Jesus. And I want to look along the way at three things that John the Baptist says and uh, how they apply to us today. The first thing that he says is this, repent. Uh, look, at, look at the uh, you know, scarred background to the landscape there. That, that's where John was. There was nothing uh, physically to attract people to him or to where he was. Uh, but he preached repentance. Let's read those first couple of verses of chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. John's first key message was just this. Repent. Turn around. Change direction. Live differently. Leave behind your old way of life and instead live for God. I remember the first time I heard this message 
And gosh, I pinned my ears back and I felt really uncomfortable. Repent. I realised now that what was going on, as I felt, as I sat there and felt uncomfortable, uh, the Holy Spirit was convicting me of sin. It's a message I needed, needed to hear years ago. I wonder, is repent a message that you need to hear now? Just reflect on that for a few moments. When I first heard that message, it was the sermon was from Daniel 5. Um, and the, of course, this is, what that says is you have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. And gosh, but it doesn't, God doesn't leave us there. He doesn't just say, you're a sinner. He takes us on. And in that uh, light, John's second message is this. He points people, as I said, uh, when the children were with us earlier on, he just points people to Jesus. This morning we pointed, didn't we, to Katie over there, and we pointed to Doreen over there, and drew attention to them. And we were singing happy birthday, but John pointed people to Jesus. Verse 3. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And later on, verse 11, uh, John says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So John's not just saying get stuck in the here and now. He's pointing to Jesus. He's wanting to take people on. Last Sunday, Advent 2, then we were thinking about the Old Testament prophets and we were reading a different chunk of Isaiah and we were looking ahead because they looked ahead uh, to God acting uh, through the world to turn the world upside down and uh, put the world to rights. That's what he does through Jesus. And uh, we we unpacked a little bit uh, of Romans 15 where Paul talks about how actually Jesus is the fulfillment of all that expectation in the uh, Old Testament. I also said last week, I said, John the we slightly blur into the New Testament with the prophets because John the Baptist is kind of the last of them. Uh, he's pointing people to Jesus. He's in the mold of the Old Testament prophets, if you like. He says that the one who's coming will be different, he'll be greater, and I won't even be fit to carry his shoes. So John the Baptist points people to Jesus, and that's what Christians are called to do uh, today. 
in this parish, our strapline is knowing and sharing the love of Jesus. It's in big letters on all our notice boards and things like that. So the focus of all we do must be Jesus. Must. If there's one thing I want people to remember about, uh, about me and about this church, it's Jesus pointing to Jesus. Now I'm well, well into my round of, my annual round of Christmas talks to various uh, organizations and schools and so on. Um, uh, and I hope that the various talks are a bit different from each other. But the thing that they have in common is that focus on Jesus. All of us can learn from John the Baptist to point not to ourselves, not to our church and say, oh, that's a nice club, feel good there. Um, maybe it, it's a good place to be, don't get me wrong. But um, actually what we're pointing to is Jesus. So that's the second thing that John does. He takes people on from where they are and points to Jesus. The third thing he does is issue this challenge. And uh, for John the Baptist, as uh, Jesus also would do, he always saves his harshest words for the religious types. I'll read verse 9 and 10. Do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you, that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And just in case people hadn't got the message, he carries on, verse 12. Um, his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will gather, he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So it's not, he's not mincing his words, is he, John? Some of us, I think, might need to hear this. Maybe you've been coming to St. John's for a long time now, uh, but you haven't yet got round to committing your life to Jesus. Maybe you realize that you're not producing the fruit that uh, John the Baptist talked about. Uh, produce fruit in keeping with repentance and so on. If that's you, then uh, now is an opportunity. Uh, and our final slide uh, depicts something, what this, what this opportunity is. The picture is of a train waiting at a station. It's not stuck in the sidings, as various on South Western Railway are at the moment, but this one's uh, in, a, in a station ready to go somewhere. My question, and John the Baptist's question, is are you ready to get on board the Jesus train? Traveling the Jesus way uh, requires a step to get on board. It's like boarding, I suppose, a literal train. Don't accidentally merge from the platform onto the train, you're required to take a, take a step, or as, I, as I'm doing these days, get hold of the handle first and then take a step to get on, on the train. Christmas is a great time to get on board the Jesus train. So if you're ready to take that step, then I just encourage you to say amen to the prayer 
I'll pray now. Let's pray. Lord, we're sorry that we've sometimes been on the wrong train. We've been heading in the wrong direction. We're sorry that we haven't produced the kind of fruit that you are calling for. Fruit in keeping with repentance. Lord, thank you that in Jesus you offer us a better way. Thank you that John the Baptist pointed forward to him. Thank you that by your grace you offer us a better destination. Thank you that by your grace you offer us forgiveness for all we've done wrong. Please help us to live the Jesus way, to travel on his train when it's easy, like when there's a comfy seat, and when it's hard, like uh, when it's uncomfortable and it's standing room only and it's packed. Remind us that we are on the right train, heading for the right destination. In Jesus' name. Amen. If that's the first time you've ever uh, said amen to a prayer like that, then do come and talk to me after the service. Uh, interrupt me, by the way, if I, if, if I seem to be busy with somebody else. The most important thing I do is help people cross the line of faith. So uh, just feel free. And there's something I'd like to give you, uh, and it's one of these. Uh, it's this journey into life, which says something of what it is to be a Christian. Now we're going to sing again. We're going to stand and sing. And our hymn reminds us of the place where we are. Before the throne of God above.